everyone watches more than five hours of television. Really? And that's not counting mobile viewing. Get Dish TV and make that time worth it. With Dish, you can get hundreds of channels, access to all kinds of sports, tons of movies, premium channels, and more. Another thing that's really cool with Dish is you can watch most of your favorite shows on your mobile device anywhere for a lot less than cable. Yes, that's right. We are asking you to watch more TV and not less TV, but make it better television with Dish this time, anytime, anywhere. So call right now and learn how easy it is to save on your television bill and get the most out of your TV viewing experience. Dial that number and I promise you we're here waiting for your call because we want to save you money and give you better television. We are Dish TV. 800-293-0328 That's 800-293-0328 Welcome, you're listening to Sports Econ 101, the show where we discuss sports topics from a business perspective. I'm your host, Edward Brown, along with my co-host, F.P. Santangelo Jr. and Russell Jackman. Not sure if uh, Vern is traveling today. We'll find out in just a minute. Uh, in our next segment, we're going to introduce a, a person who has been on our show once before, Dave Bullwinkle, who is a scout for the Chicago Bulls. And that'll be fun. He was uh, with us a few years ago, and uh, it's great to have him back. Uh, and, uh, of course, today's trivia theme is how well do you know the Chicago Bulls? <laughs> I figured that'd be kind of a fun, a fun trivia question, uh, contest here, and, and we'll we'll see uh, we'll see if Russ and uh, and FP know the answers before we uh, bring Dave on for the actual. Is Michael Jordan uh, answer to one of the questions? Of course not. That would be too easy. No, okay. these, these are not these are not super super hard though. You know. I, okay. I figured, I, I, you know, like, you know, 1969, who was the, uh, you know, the backup center or something like that. You know, I'm not going to do that to you guys. It'll be a little bit easier. Uh, I'm, I'm sure Russell will ha have a good time with it. Um, also, if we have time, we'll, we'll get into some football. Wanted to find out from you guys, uh, where does make Baker Mayfield end up? Uh, I'm thinking maybe he'll be Brock Purdy's backup, you know? Brock really, really good. I, I think he's, I think he's better than, than Garoppolo and he's only taken a few snaps, so to speak. Uh, also prime time, Deion Sanders uh, going to Colorado and making his son the QB and then Alabama not playing for the championship may play in the suit in the sugar bowl. And some players may opt out. And this happens a lot. These guys, they don't want to get hurt. They totally get it. Biggest game of their college career, but you know, that happens. <clears throat> All right. I can, I can get, we'll ask Dave about that with regard to basketball, like in, in an all-star game or something, you know, guys don't want to get hurt, but they're usually pretty easy in basketball. All right. This segment of Sports Econ 101 is sponsored by Pacific Private Money, still providing mortgage investments, currently yielding over 7% secured by real estate. Doesn't get any more conservative than them. Check them out at PacificPrivateMoney.com. Don't touch that dial. Sports Econ 101 will be back with our special guest. You've found the house of your dreams, but your personal banker is telling you he cannot offer a loan until your current home is sold. The real estate market is highly competitive, and you don't want to lose the opportunity. What now? This scenario is all too familiar. 
especially in today's fast-moving real estate market. No worries, I've got great news. I'm Mark Honf, CEO of Pacific Private Money. As a private lender, we are able to offer loans up to 100% of the purchase price on that dream home with fast, easy, and affordable financing, allowing you to compete on the same level as cash buyers. Pacific Private Money allows you the flexibility to move on your terms, not your bankers. Give us a call and let us show you how Pacific Private Money can help make buying your next home easier than you ever thought possible. 415-926-4444 or find us online at PacificPrivateMoney.com. Are you looking for a safer way to invest? The Freedom Fund at Pacific Private Money offers flexible investing opportunities. I'm Mark Honf, CEO of Pacific Private Money, and I invite you to hear what Tim has to say about our Freedom Fund. Pacific Private Money provides my ideal balance of security and liquidity, giving me steady monthly income at a profitable RA, backed by solid real estate holdings. The Freedom Fund earns nearly seven times the return available from the best bank savings account and still allows me access to my money as needed. I personally prefer investing with a trustworthy company backed by real estate than the volatile upsets of the stock market. You too can be earning consistent returns on your savings or retirement accounts. Give us a call to learn more. 415-926-4444, 415-926-4444, or visit us at PacificPrivateMoney.com. Do your current investments have you on pins and needles? Let's talk about an opportunity to earn 6 to 10% on investment through real estate secured debt. I'm Mark Honf, CEO at Pacific Private Money. For over a decade, our clients have been earning at above market yields secured by California real estate. Here's what our investor Carolyn had to say about investing with Pacific Private Money. I've been a highly satisfied investor with Pacific Private Money since 2014. I'm impressed with their competence, integrity, and transparency. Even through recent uncertain times, it was comforting to hold an investment that didn't keep me up at night while offering a reliable return. In seven years, I've never regretted investing with Pacific Private Money. You too can be earning consistent returns on your savings and retirement accounts. Give us a call to learn more. 415-926-4444 or visit us at PacificPrivateMoney.com. Welcome back to Sports Econ 101. I'm Edward Brown, along with F.P. Santangelo Jr. and Russell Jackman, and then our special guest, Dave Bullwinkle, who is a scout for the Chicago Bulls. Now, when I say a scout, uh, how many scouts are there, Dave? We have a relatively small group, uh, smaller than a lot of teams. We have basically doing the bulk of the college work, which I do. I do Latin America for us as well. So, F.P., I have not been to Brazil, but I've been to Argentina scouting a number of times. Okay. so we have, a, like I said, a small group, our director of scouting and one of our assistant GMs and myself do bulk, the bulk of the college work. People always ask, well, you live in California. How can you work for the Bulls? Well, we're on the Internet now, so we know what that means. But the other thing is, do you work regionally? No, I cover the whole country. In fact, it's one of the things I'm just working on is a number of the teams I have not seen yet in the East that I need to see. And do you, uh, do you just fo- follow a lot of these uh, uh, games, you know, you just watch tape? Uh, you know, I, I'm trying to think of like, how do you, how do you find these players, you know, be them well, high school, college? 
Yeah, it starts really young. I mean, I've had a lot of USA basketball events, uh, the high school events that we can go to. I cover a lot of our stuff that have sort of a baseline where they start from and uh, to, to see if the guy now he's a sophomore in college, say, is he starting to plateau already or is, does he still have some upside left and a higher ceiling? So it starts at a very young age. And, you know, right now we probably have maybe 300 players on a list for this year's draft in different tiers. And eventually that'll go down to 30. They'll get picked in the first round. And then I, I've got to, I got to think, tell me if I'm wrong, but you know, obviously when the bulls had Jordan and, you know, they were doing really well, I got to think that makes it a little bit easier when you're scouting some of these players, if they're, they're thinking about which teams to join. Right. Uh, well, in, in, in our situation, it's not like when I was a college coach and you had to scout and then recruit them and convince them to come to your school. Okay. So from a free agency standpoint, what you said, Edward, is a factor. Okay. But most of the guys now, they may not even remember anybody but MJ because this they're, they're young. And it's just what happened lately, you know. Right. And uh, so the fact that the Bulls had a storied history in the 90s especially. Yeah. Uh, I was not with the organization. Then I was still a college coach. But uh, that's a it might ha- help some. And it's a great city to go to. I mean, we have we're a cold weather city, but it's a great basketball city. It's a great sports city. And we have a great building. We put 22,000 in there every night. Yeah. Dave, I got a question for you. So I don't know if you saw the Adam Sandler movie Hustle about yeah. the NBA scout that went international to find talent. How realistic is that movie? Is that a Hollywood movie or is that it does it get some things right? <laughs> there are few things right okay but not not a lot what i enjoyed most about the movie fp was the people i know that had cameo roles in the movie that was kind of nice i i enjoyed that to see them acting or whatever like maurice cheeks had a a significant role in the movie and uh he's one of our assistant coaches yeah i really enjoyed that movie and it's very interesting to see like is is it really hollywood or is it kind of the real thing so that that's good insight there were bits and pieces well, you know, it's funny. This is not sports per se, but um, you remember the movie The Wolf of Wall Street? You know, except for, you know, the thing that they did with the dwarfs and stuff, that that's a little bit over the top. But the rest of that movie was actually very, very accurate. They must have really, uh, you know, consulted with a bunch of people in that business because I, I used to do the tax returns for a lot of guys in, in the municipal bond brokerage rather than the penny stock business. And that kind of stuff happened even in that part of it. So it, it's amazing how, how, how true that is. And yeah, and Adam Sandler did a pretty decent job. You know, it's so funny. You're always thinking about him as a comedian, but uh, he, he played a pretty good straight role there. Yeah, absolutely. Dave, I got another question for you. With the NIL deals being a big thing right now across college sports, how has that affected your scouting? Yeah, It, it doesn't affect what I do. But okay. I'll tell you what, if I was a college coach, I'd be looking for an exit strategy because it's just <laughs> become, a, it's become a disaster. Between the portal and the NIL, uh, college athletics is not in a good place, unfortunately. Oh, wow. Yeah, I'm seeing a, a, a lot of stories just about – people going to the transfer portal, getting money, working with shady people, how it's actually derailing a lot of professional careers, how guys are dealing with even shadier people than beforehand. So I was just interested how that is affecting the professional scouting at all, but I'm glad it's not affecting it too much, but I completely agree at the college level right now, everything's up in the air. It's a wild, wild West. Well, I think another factor is it's another thing is it's really made college basketball kind of uh, 
not, not very good basketball right now. Even the teams that are high-power teams that may have gotten some high-level uh, transfers through the portal, well, there's just a lack of continuity and a fit. And so I've seen very few good teams this year. Tennessee is the probably the best team I've seen this year. And I think a lot of that has to do they're basically a returning group with not a lot of additions. So with, does that affect at all the player's ability to play within a professional system once they do to get drafted, just because you're seeing the quality of basketball really disintegrate at that level? Yeah, I think you have to, you, you've got to focus a, a little less on their, how they fit in the, with, with the team and a little more on their individual athleticism and skill set because the continuity and the cohesiveness within the team from that perspective uh, isn't going to be as good. That's going to kind of drive you crazy. You, you scout somebody for a long time. They're really, really good. But then for some reason, they're a head case. And it's like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what, what's the what's the earliest, uh, that you, uh, the youngest aged person that you've ever, uh, you know, focused in on? You mean in terms of because of what you just said, Edward, or because uh, just in general looking at that? Just in general looking, yeah. Uh, I'm, I'm watching guys in eighth and ninth grade oh, at, at our level. Yeah. And it just, I, not, not, you know, I'm not, I'm not spending a whole lot of time there, but yeah. I know who those better guys are, but a lot of them, they're better. If a player is really good, say as a ninth or 10th grader and his major advantage over the opposition is strength. Well, that's probably going to equal out in the long run because the other guys are going to mature a little bit later and catch up with him. So we're looking at those things as well. Yeah. But you're about the head case. You're telling me you wouldn't have drafted Kyrie Irving. Do you think that Steve Nash is happy he's out of there? I would have been. How would you like to have to put a team together around that distraction? Yeah, yeah. that's got to be that's kind of and and then how do you find out about these eighth and ninth graders? Uh, I'm talking to people all the time. I had a uh, a guy that runs a high school service called me a minute ago. I did, you know I deleted the call, didn't listen to him, but but I, I'm always keeping my ears open. One of the things I do, and one of the, I was sitting next to a young scout for the Spurs not long ago, and he said to me, what's one thing you could tell me as an older scout? And I said, that, that's helped you. And I said, I'm just smart enough to know I'm stupid. Yeah. Well, that's so what I Einstein just, said. He goes, he goes I, I just, I, I know enough to realize I don't know that much, you know? No um, question. Wow. That, that's just kind of crazy. Um, you know, just, I'm thinking about how, you know, you, you, you watch these young players and then, you know, you, you, putting together all the various facets, uh, you know, of the game, because they're obviously going to keep learning the game. You know, they're just they're like, again, eighth, ninth grade, 10th grade, you know, they, they learn, you know, X, you know, X amount, but then they're going to just continually grow. And so, you know, you got to have some intelligent players on there too. <laughs> on that. Okay, guys, you ready? You ready for our first trivia question? All right. We're talking about the, uh, how well do you know the Chicago Bulls? All right. Again, we're, we're going to start off with an easy one here. In 1991, the Bulls finally de defeated what team to reach the NBA finals for the first time? All right. That's our trivia. Don't answer yet. When we come back, we're going to, uh, we're, we're going to see if, if, if the other guys know first. All right. In 1991, the Bulls finally defeated what team to reach the NBA finals for the first time? All right, that's our trivia question. Email edward at sportsecon101.com. And don't test that dial. We're going to be right back with our special guest, Dave Bullwinkle.
own an annuity, either fixed rate, indexed, or variable? Are you paying high fees and getting low returns? If so, Annuity General would like you to have this free book to learn the pitfalls and mistakes of buying an annuity. The Annuity Do's and Don'ts for Baby Boomers contains the little-known truths about annuities, like how to help reduce your fees and increase retirement income. And it's free. That's right, free. As a bonus, we'll also throw in a free annuity rate report just for calling. We researched over 1,000 annuities and summarized rates and benefits from financially strong insurers. You get annuity do's and don'ts for baby boomers and the annuity rate report, both absolutely free for calling Annuity General today. Hurry, supplies are limited. Call now. 800-760-1845-800-760-1845-800-760-1845 That's 800-760-1845 How is your car payment treating you? What if I told you you could make a free phone call right now and reduce your car payment by as much as $83 a month? Look at your car payment closely. You could be paying as high as 20% interest. Rate Genius can help you reduce your car payments by reducing your interest rate to as low as 2.48% APR. We can refinance most existing car loans or leased cars, new or used, and save you money every month. Put more money back in your pocket. The call is free to find out how low we can lower your car payment. Five minutes of your time right now could save you hundreds of dollars a year. Call Rate Genius now. 800-811-7913. 800-811-7913. That's 800-811-7913. Not all applicants qualify for a loan or rate savings. Actual offer terms, including APR, are determined at the time of your application based on creditworthiness, value of the vehicle, loan term, and other factors. Have you written a book? You can become a published author with Dorrance Publishing, the nation's oldest publishing services company. Countless authors have trusted Dorrance for nearly a 100 years to bring their book to the market. Our professional team will edit your text, design your book pages, and create an appealing, eye-catching custom cover. Plus, our authors benefit from a custom book promotion marketing campaign that makes your book available where people buy books, like Amazon and -and brick-and-mortar bookstores. So make this free call right now to claim your free author's guide to publishing. Don't wait another day. Take one step closer to realizing your dream of becoming a published author and seeing your name in print. You've already written a book, so the next thing to do is make this free call right now to Dorn's Publishing and get your free guide to publishing. Call right now. 800-485-6003. 800-485-6003. That's 800-485-6003. Welcome back to Sports Econ 101. Edward Brown here along with F.P. Santangelo Jr. Russell Jackman and our special guest, Chicago Bull Scout Dave Bullwinkle. Our first trivia question. In 1991, the, the Bulls finally defeated what team to reach the NBA Finals for the first time? Uh, FP. Well, okay. <laughs> Did you hear what Russ said? He said he said the Pistons. Yes, that is correct. So we're yeah, gonna... they were. They, they, that was an amazing rivalry between you know uh, 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 the the bad boys of Detroit. Yes, exactly. Yep. Yeah, and... Dave Lambier. He was the guy everybody loved to hate. Uh, well, Isaiah Thomas, I think, was right on everybody else's list too. 
of one of those. Uh, but you, uh, you know, I, I, as much as I hated that team, I had so much respect for Joe Dumars. Yeah, he was he was really kind of the silent assassin of that team, and yeah. and quietly probably the best defender of that team, even when Rodman came on board. I think Dumars was still the guy that that set the pace for the team's defensive stance and kind of the stoicism that that team would would portray. I thought that sort of side was so interesting about uh, uh, Dennis Rodman was, you know, he he was with the Pistons and they hated the, you know, there was a rivalry there and then suddenly boom, he gets drafted or he gets, you know, uh, traded to, uh, to the bulls and helps them win some championships. I think I just saw a quote that Isaiah Thomas still doesn't like Michael Jordan too. Like after all no, these years, because like, he kept him from being on the Olympic team, the dream team. Yeah, judge there. You just you won't see that in professional sports anymore. Everyone's just buddy buddy, really close friends. There's not really like a, an intense rivalry like that in sports anymore. I could be well, wrong. You be Maybe politi- politi- you have to be politically correct now. Yeah, you have, to, you have to use the right pronouns, you know. <laughs> so, Dave, I had a question for you. I didn't get it in on the first break, but I'd like to ask you this question. Um, I'm a big lover of basketball statistics. So um, I actually, a friend of mine and I just looked over uh, the stats for the first 20 games of the NBA. And um, one of the, one of, the, of course, you know, we, we've seen a huge rise in people shooting three-point shots. But what I'm also seeing is almost a death in the era of shot blocking. And so I was wondering if that's something that you're seeing reflected in the kids that are coming up through your uh, scouting. And what are your thoughts on that? You mean, Russ, that there are not as many blocked shots as in the past? Just nobody cares. Just not, there's, there's maybe one or two guys on an entire team who can even call themselves rim defenders and the rest are trying to plank, you know, stuff from the outside. A couple of the guys that we saw shooting, I've seen shooting percentages up to 88% of guys' shots are coming from three-point range. Yeah, no no question about, you know, that would be true with Clay Thompson, for example. It wouldn't be 88, but very high. I think that the decline in the number of blocked shots deals more with the increase in the number of long jumpers taken. So there's not as many shots being uh, taken at the rim. And uh, certainly we're all looking for rim protection, but uh, it's not quite as important as it used to be. I I think also they, they, they call a lot more fouls than they did. Like, again, we're, you know, talking about the Pistons and and Bulls. I mean, they they, they wanted to see him battle it out like gladiators. And now, you know, you barely touch someone and you get a foul. So I think that has a lot to do with it. (laughs) I think the general consensus is the game may be more physical on the collegiate level in terms of foul calls than in the NBA level. Now the bodies are bigger. And if you get hit, it's going to hurt a lot more than what happens in college, but they're just not, the hand checking went out of the game when that was eliminated, uh, became a foul. And therefore you can't control someone with your hands. If you go back and look at games in the sixties with a guy like Oscar Robertson, as strong as the big O was, he could just control the man he was guarding by resting his hand on his hip. How about your boy, uh, Ron Harper? That guy used to ride people, you know, with his hand on somebody's hip pretty much from the uh, from one end of the court to the other. He always had contact. Yeah, Yeah, the bigger, strong guards were had a real advantage then. Now there's a little more advantage if you can shoot the ball from deep. Also, the way I looked at it is, you know, if a three point play compared to a two point play, you know, you don't have you, you can make what is it you know you have to do it a third 
less and you and you still get the same amount of points. So it, you know, it's worth taking those three pointers if you're at least a 40 something percent shooter. Well, I would, where I would disagree with some of the Atlantics, the analytics people, and yes, I'm an old school coach. I, I recognize the value of the three point shot. I'm smart enough to know that three is more than two. I also know that two is more than zero. Yeah. So there's still yeah. a value to have a middle game, especially if you watch, for example, the Suns with Booker and CP3, so much of what they get done is in the mid-range area. That's only two points, but they're very efficient at it. Gotcha. I, I don't think for them to come up with a four-point play. I think it's a good idea. I mean, because the guys in the, in the NBA are shooting from so deep. Now, yeah. the problem is, here's one of the things that really restricts the change in basketball. That's the arena size. Because I think this is – here's a novel one for you. Take the baseline and move it back three or four feet. So now you can attack the basket from behind the basket as you would in field hockey or ice yeah. hockey or lacrosse, sports of that nature. And that would change the whole dynamic. I think it'd be yeah, making but, a, a but, more interesting game. But it's hard but to all do those that. Ticket sales, all those ticket sales of all those people who are, you know, paying thousands of dollars for those courtside seats right at the baseline you lose that money and lord knows nba doesn't want to see that happen well they could maybe 100 percent correct <laughs> rather than take the whole baseline just take a few feet behind a certain area <laughs> crazy my first full-time job in the nba uh was i was the advanced x and o guy for the philadelphia 76ers and uh that meant i was an nba arena every night doing this x and o preparation to work for the team well at that time the guys that would be doing that, there'd be four or five seats right in the baseline for us. Those no longer exist because of just what Russell said, the value of those seats right now, the, the, the NBA mandates that the home team provide two seats in the, that sort of location for the next team to play each of the teams that's on the court. Those other advanced guys are up in the stands trying to steal signs, calls, et cetera. Very, very difficult, but you're right. The value of those seats. I mean, people are, are paying typically between $1,500 and $2,500 a seat. Yeah. And that, that adds up. Well, and, and I remember Bruce McGowan telling us that, you, you know, before being quote in the booth, he was like right down near the court. And then suddenly it's like, he's way in the rafters and he's having to watch most of the game on TV in order to do the play by play. <laughs> it's kind of crazy. Um, before we cut to a break, uh, give, give us kind of a fun story. If you, if you had to give like one fun, fun story of uh, being a scout. Oh boy. I'm putting you on the spot uh, there now. Yeah. You really caught me off guard on that one. <laughs> Sorry fun about story. that. Uh, well, I just got back from a 14 day. I just got back from a 14 day scouting trip over Thanksgiving and before and after I was at the tournament in Charleston, Myrtle beach, Cayman islands in the Bahamas. So that sounds fun going to the Bahamas, right? At Thanksgiving time. But I was spending 11 hours a day in the, the gym. My wife flew down to join me. She got the beach. I got the wood. Yeah, <laughs> yeah exactly. It's funny. I, I'm, I'm going to be out of town uh, next week. Um, in fact, I got to remind you guys, I'm going to be out of town uh, the 13th and the 16th. I'm going to Miami. You know, but my, my wife's going to get to be on the beach, and I've got to be in conferences, you know. <laughs> All right, when we when we come back, uh, uh, actually, you know, we do have a couple of minutes here. Uh, what who who was the best person you scouted? Basically, who you felt really proud? You go, man, I got this guy. And uh, Jimmy it, Butler, I pushed oh, hard Jimmy for Butler? Jimmy Butler with us. I got lucky. Um, 
most people thought Jimmy would be a second-round pick. Uh, he was playing at Marquette. Our old offices were up in Deerfield, which is a northern suburb of Chicago. We're now right downtown next to the United Center. But so oftentimes people that are in Chicago to see a team in, a, in, in the Big East, rather than fighting the traffic gate downtown to DePaul, it was easier to go to Marquette. So we saw Jimmy a lot. I'd see him once a year. I'd second round pick. Then I'm at the Big East tournament that year. And Buzz Williams, the Marquette coach, changed his offense. It took Jimmy from the high post to move him to the wing. And I called Gar Foreman, our general manager, and John Paxton, our vice president. I told them both. I said, we got to revisit Jimmy Butler. He can do some stuff we haven't seen him do before. So that's one where I, yeah, um, that I pushed hard for with Jimmy and he's probably the best 30th pick in the history of the draft. Oh, I, I, uh, love, again, I love Jimmy Butler. Yeah. I, I want to emphasize that. I was going to say that, you know, so you pick him and he stays with the bulls for how many years? Seven or eight, seven or eight years. Yeah, well, that's pretty good. But then suddenly yeah. it's like, now he gets traded to the heat. And, and I mean, you still have to be proud of, of the fact that you found him. And then he, and he gives you uh, valuable trading. I mean, you're right, you didn't get rid of him because he was lousy. You got rid of him, you know, because you were able to kind of tra- trade. Tra- uh, who did you get? Who did you get? I'm trying to think of who did the we, we traded him to, to, to Minnesota for uh, <clears throat> for Zach Levine and a first-round pick. Oh. And, a, and a, yeah, and another former first-round pick that we cut after a couple of years. I want to emphasize, though, that like with Jimmy – yeah. I'm an information gatherer, suggestion maker. I don't make the decisions, although I will push my suggestion very hard. Gotcha. Okay, we're going to get to our second commercial uh, trivia question break here. Uh, the, the trivia theme is how well do you know the Chicago Bulls? Okay, 1997 finals during game one, which jazz player missed a pair of free throws that would eventually set up Jordan's buzzer beating jumper? Okay, that's our trivia question. Email edward at sportsecon101.com. The answer to this question. In the 1997 finals during game one, which jazz player missed a pair of free throws that would eventually set up Jordan's buzzer beating jumper? So Russ, there's your uh, Michael Jordan question. <laughs> but it's not really. Oh yes, him. but not really it's, Michael it's, Jordan. Which jazz player was the one who missed Two free throws. Oh, that, that's a that's got to be a, a haunting uh, memory there. All right, stay with us. Sports Econ 101 will be right back. Live life at the Mount View Hotel and Spa in Calistoga. Every afternoon, we have vino and vinyl wine tasting. And on Friday, Saturday, and Sundays, once the weather gets a little better, join us for dinner and a movie on site as we've remodeled our location to accommodate our outdoor movie theater. When you're ready for a change of scenery, make yourself at home at the Mount View Hotel and Spa in Calistoga. As a small boutique hotel, there are never large crowds, and we offer beautiful indoor and outdoor socially distanced space so you can relax and continue to live life. Making memories for 100 years. MountViewHotel.com Tahoe Lakeshore Lodge and Spa provides guests with an all-lakefront hotel in South Lake Tahoe where every lodge room and condominium has a view of the lake and mountains. 
Hotel rooms offer lodge pine furnishings, gas fireplace, and a full lake view. Condominiums offer private bedroom, full kitchen, and living area with a fireplace. Guests can relax or play on over 500 feet of private beach and enjoy a dip in the outdoor heated pool and hot tub that are also lakeside. Elements Day Spa, located inside the hotel, offers individual and couples packages with treatments inspired by Tahoe's nature. The Tahoe Lakeshore Lodge and Spa, located close to all of South Lake Tahoe summer and winter activities. Perfect for individual and group getaways to the lake and mountains. No added resort fees here. Call 800-448-4577 or go to TahoeLakeshoreLodge.com. The number one calculator for property and note investors. The Real ROI Calculator. Increase profitability by 10 times using the 20 different exit strategies on multiple real estate deals over any time period, all while measuring important financial indicators such as ROI, XIRR, and yield. The additional features include debt financing for initial purchases, bridge loans, seller finance notes, and turnkey rentals to make this a must-have tool. Head over to RealROICalculator.com to download the free version and start multiplying your profits today. RealROICalculator.com. Mountain Mike's Pizza in San Rafael is open for both takeout and delivery. So if you want pizza the way it ought to be, call us at 415-454-4300 or go to mountainmikesanrafael.com and order online. You can either pick up your fabulous pizza or we can deliver it to you. Our dough and shredded cheese are made fresh daily. Mountain Mike's is the official pizza of the San Francisco 49ers. So call 415-454-4300 or go to mountainmikesanrafael.com and order your pizza. We all know in this current real estate market, great deals are hard to find. We may have a solution for you. If you want exclusive off-market real estate deals delivered to your inbox every single month, then you need to sign up for Scottsdale REI's Trade Desk by visiting scottsdalerei.com slash trade desk. Scottsdale REI delivers exclusive access to off-market mortgage notes like performing loans, non-performing loans, and even REOs every single month. Just head over to scottsdalerei.com slash trade desk and sign up. Welcome back to Sports Econ 101. One more time, I'm Edward Brown, along with F.T. Santangelo Jr. and Russell Jackman and our special guest, Chicago Bulls scout Dave Bullwinkle. Here's our second trivia question. In the 1997 finals during game one, which jazz player missed a pair of free throws that would eventually set up Jordan's buzzer-beating jumper? Now, Russ, do you know the answer to that one? I'm trying to remember. I think it was Carl... I think it was Carl Malone. It was Carl Malone. Very good. All right. Yeah, I, I remember watching that game, and and I thought the Jazz were going to actually break through and win their first title that year. And uh, that those missed free throws by Carl Malone probably cost may have cost them the series. Well, a few times the mail did not get delivered. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> so. Um, so Dave, you told us, you know, uh, scouting Jimmy Butler was probably your, your best one. Um, have you, tell us a story about ones of, of players who you, you scout and you, you, you thought, man, this guy's going to be really good. And then it, it just fizzled out. Ooh, boy. That's a, that's a good one. Also, um, who fizzled out on me? Or, or maybe one where you said, you know, everything worked out well, but then again, for whatever reason, the guy was a head case or, you know, I guess sometimes you can, you can uh, draft somebody and then, you know, trade him right away. I mean, that happens a lot. Yeah. When we drafted Tony Snell, 
Um, I opposed it. I didn't. I thought he was the bad guy for. Tony's a wonderful person, and but he was very differential on his team at New Mexico. He was the best talent on the team. But Kendall Williams was the MVP of the Mountain West, and uh, Cameron Bearstow, who we actually drafted in the second round, was second team. And Tony's only third team two years in a row. And the reason was he's just too nice. He's one of these guys. I want him to. I wanted to marry my daughter. But I might not want him on my roster, okay? Because he was just so deferential. He played in high school with Kawhi Leonard, so he he deferred to Kawhi, should have. But then he's moved forward. He's still always deferential, but a wonderful human being. When Joe Kim Noah played for us, I told this to Joe. I told Joe one time. I said, "I I wish you'd date my daughter." He looked at me. I said, "It'd probably piss off my daughter's husband, but I wish you'd (laughs) date my daughter because." And as a father, you can't say anything nicer about a young man, right? And yeah, Joe's yeah. one of those guys I'd want to date my daughter, and I'd also want him on my roster because he's one of those people that is he could his competitiveness was such on the court, but it didn't carry over to make him a pain in the rear end off the court. Looks well, like a Steve uh, uh, um, uh, Steph Curry seems like that. Very much so. Couldn't agree with you more. Yeah. Well, um, let's see, guys. Any more questions? Go ahead. Yeah, I got another question. So we were just talking off air, Dave, about how you'd meet with baseball scouts, right? Just because it's all the same ball. I thought that was very interesting. Can you kind of expand on that for the listeners about how scouts kind of all work in similar ways and from different sports? Well, I can learn from them. Fact is, a guy named Reggie Cobb was a very good running back, All-American at Tennessee, uh, ran for over 1,000 yards several times with Tampa Bay. And I happened to bump – it's a long story, not worth telling how I met him – but he's working as a scout for the 49ers. Now, tragically, he died of a heart attack at a young age a few years ago. But he asked me to come down to training camp one time. And I went to training camp. And I, after watching practice, I had lunch. And then their whole scouting staff and I met together and kicked ideas around and how we're trying to evaluate players. And as we said off air, a big factor is how you try to find out the makeup of somebody. And it was ironic, mm-hmm. Sam Presti, who was the vice president for Oklahoma City, was at that same practice I was at, but he was meeting with the, after lunch, he was meeting the Warriors cap out, capologist to discuss how to man, manipulate the salary cap issue. I saw Sam the next day at an event in LA and, and we talked about that. He was doing what he does and, and, and soliciting suggestions from an NFL team. And I was doing what I do. I'm lower in the pecking order. He's a suit. I'm a scout. And, yeah. and, and I was, talking with those guys about how to find out more about what makes them tick. Um, I'm always, if I go to a game, I'm always there an hour and a half early and I'm talking to people and picking their brains, trying to find stuff out. Um, and, and the strength coaches are really important because they have a different mindset to work. And the managers are important because they're in the locker room with those guys. And I'm trying to find out, is this the kind of person we want on our team? Yeah, I was gonna say you. you got, I gotta think that you gotta interview the the high school coaches, the, the uh, college coaches, uh, you know, because they'll 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 know the, the lowdown for the most part, won't they? Yeah, and I will go when we narrow our group down in the spring to maybe ten people that we're considering for this first round pick. Normally, I'll go to every one of the campuses then and spend a day interviewing people. Try and I, I was yeah. and even their high schools. I remember uh, uh, Colin Sexton who's now playing for uh, the, the jazz. When I, when I went to see his high school coach at Pebble Brook in, in Atlanta, 
He said to me, Coach, I've heard from seven or eight NBA teams. Why are you here talking to me in person? I, his name was George Washington. I said, and this is funny because I think of George Washington in the cherry tree. I said, George, because it's harder for you to lie to me this way. <laughs> and he laughed. And I said, yeah, I can read your body language. We think in person I get probably 30 to 40% better answers. That's, that's really good. Yeah. And are you, are you, for the most part, like, you know, frenemies or, you know, friendly uh, um, associates with other scouts from other teams? Oh, yeah, but I lie to them all the time. Okay. Um, I mean, I got a couple guys I might be honest with, but not many. All right. Yeah. Now, do you, do you remember who Scotty Sterling was? Scotty Sterling yeah. was a he was Al Davis's right hand guy with the Raiders originally. Oh. Then he ironically ended up going into the NBA. At one time, he was David Stern's assistant commissioner. He was the general manager of the Knicks. He ended in his career. He's a Bay Area guy. Went to El Cerrito High School. He died several years ago. Wonderful person. But he was working for the the uh, the Kings as a scout, and we would get together after every draft to dissect the draft and the rules were now we got to be honest with each other. Huh. Yeah. Wow. There's honor among thieves, as they say. Honor among thieves. <laughs> yes. Wow. Yeah. yeah. That's a, that's a difficult world just because there's so much information sharing and you don't know what's true and what's not. So you really need to get your primary sources in order. I wonder if your, like, your points, your, FP, your I mean, points well made. If I put what, into our database, what I call a background report, I have to rank that source one to five. Yeah. Wow. I mean, I got to think, you know, uh, interviewing the family, you know, you get a, get a real feel for who the, the kid is, you know, if they, they come from a, you know, a good upstanding home type of thing versus a, I know my son is the best and, you know, he's going to, and, and we're, we're just going to interview everybody. You know, I, I got to think that it's like, Oh man, I'm dealing with one of these kind of guys. <laughs> You know, what's interesting about that, Edward, if you look at the draft two years ago, there were seven players with Nigerian background or either Nigerian or ha had grown up in this country with Nigerian parents. Hmm. Um, one that's interesting is Desmond Bain, who plays for Memphis, is a very good player. And now Desmond Bain, why is he Nigerian? His father was Nigerian, left the family, went back to Nigeria. The, and I, I was interviewing Precious Achua, who plays for Toronto now one of the Nigerians. And I said, what's about the water in Lagos? I mean, the number of good African players coming, especially from Nigeria right now. And what you're just saying about family and culture is a major factor in that very committed, hardworking people. And it shows in how they play. It's amazing. Yeah. How they want to help their, their home country. Uh, you know, I think of like Manute Bowl when he was playing. Yeah, it was the Congo, I think. Um, you know, somebody now Bobo, Bol, his son is playing. Yeah, Bobo, yeah, Bobo, yeah, Bobo. Yeah, huh? <laughs> I love that name. And, and, and he was from the Sudan. And do you know? Re yeah. Do you know the reason Bobo is named Bobo? It's like I recruited a kid to uh, when I was the assistant in Wisconsin. I recruited a kid named Dwayne Dwayne, and I found out in their culture, the firstborn son takes the surname as his first name. Oh, interesting. So that means Bull Bull was the firstborn son. You know, it's a good thing. It's a good thing that I'm not in that culture because someone named Brown Brown. Yeah, I don't think that yeah. was. How about, how about Bullwinkle Bullwinkle? <laughs> <laughs> 
yeah, I could see that being a, a, a challenge on that. Yes. Um, well, Dave, thank you so much for uh, joining us again. We're going to spend a few, stay on with us for a minute. We're going to uh, change courses just a bit. FP, you wanted to bring up uh, some, some trade uh, uh, issues that are going on. Not trade issues. It's a free market right free now. Market. Sorry. Baseball. Yeah. It's free agency. And just wanted to touch on Justin Verlander getting signed to a two-year mega deal. We're seeing a huge market trend. This is Sports Econ 101. So we're seeing a lot of older players getting, you know, these super contracts, but for very few years. It's going to be interesting to yeah. see if this is going to trickle into other sports, really, in the future. I know there's a salary cap in, in uh, basketball, for example, but these old guys are starting to get super contract money just for a few years. So that way it's, it fits the, the fits the window to win. Right. It does, yeah. I mean, especially because they're older, you know, how many more years, not everybody's a Nolan Ryan. Right. Exactly. And then on the other side, you got Trey Turner, who's going to the Philadelphia Phillies on an 11 year deal. He's going to be 40 years old when he's done, but that guy's a five tool player. And I think he'll hit till the day he dies. So I think that's a perfect fit for Philadelphia. And then Jacob DeGrom goes down to Texas on a five-year deal. That's probably one of the riskiest deals in sports history I can remember just because he's always got something going on. He's got a hip. He's got a forearm. He's got a neck. Poor guy throws the heck out of the ball, but he's kind of a liability. So it's going to be interesting to see how he works with Bruce Bochy down in Texas. And is uh, a judge uh, coming to uh, the Bay Area? <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. We'll see. All signs – seem to be pointing that way but um you just never know you just never know well okay uh let's see here i got a couple of other small things small things here so alabama uh is not going to be playing for the championship i think it's only their like second time in so many years that they haven't uh, made it there and apparently they may play in the sugar bowl uh and then some players may opt out so that, and usually the reason is so that they don't get hurt uh I, i'm sure that's happened a couple of times where you know, a bowl game has cost somebody their career. And yeah. but then look what happens, you know, it's like, who wants to watch the game when you have, you know, third string players in there? Oh, uh, their fans are crazy. They'll watch it. Trust me. Well, yeah, my true. fans are nuts. So just a quick little note too, just because sports econ 101, again, the USA Netherlands game, soccer, we're talking about the world cup. Yeah. Average 6.8 million viewers, which is crazy. That's like NFL numbers. So that is very strong for soccer in America. And in four years, I know the U.S. got knocked out, but in four years, the World Cup is coming to the United States and it's going to be in every major U.S. city, including San Francisco. So I'm very excited for it to come to the Bay Area. Yeah, that, that is going to be pretty exciting. All right. If, you're, if you leave Brazil, if you ever leave Brazil. If you ever leave Brazil, yeah. I'm coming back, guys. Don't worry. I'm coming back. <laughs> hey, by the way, uh, Bra Baker May Mayfield leaving uh, Carolina Panthers. Uh, you think he's going to be Brock Purdy's backup or maybe go to the Rams? I don't know. I don't, Brock it doesn't Purdy really sure matter at this point. I, I was very it impressed. It doesn't really matter at this point. Taking over. I'm just going to. Go ahead. Go ahead, Ryan. Oh, I just hope that Brock Purdy takes up his ankle. You know, uh, this is the third 49 or, you know, he, he the we've already yeah. lost two quarterbacks due to uh, leg injuries yeah. and ankle injuries. So I think that uh, Brock Purdy better just like take a like a stovepipe and put it around his, yeah. uh, <laughs> or around just, his uh, just do uh, 
shotguns and, and get it right away. Real quickly, we have to go to our uh, break. When we come back, we'll get some uh, thoughts of the day too. Okay, game six of the 1997 finals. We're still talking about the 97 finals for the Bulls. Who scored the game-winning shot? That's our trivia question. Stay with us. More TCOM 101, and we'll be right back with some closing comments. Don't touch that dial. Do you have Medicare and do you use a CPAP machine? This is a national healthcare alert regarding your CPAP supplies. Using a clean CPAP mask and clean supplies is important to staying healthy. The best way to make sure your CPAP equipment is clean is to get new supplies. If you have Medicare, we have great news. Medicare will pay for you to have new clean supplies every 90 days. We'll even do all the paperwork for you to make sure that there's little to no out-of-pocket cost to you. And you don't even have to leave your home. We provide free in-home delivery. So if you're a CPAP user and you have Medicare, staying healthy with new CPAP equipment is easy. Just make this free phone call right now to get started. Sponsored by Specialty Medical. 800-913-9739. 800-913-9739. 800-913-9739. That's 800-913-9739. If you're taking a calcium supplement, it's probably not doing what you think it is. That's because you still lose bone density with traditional calcium supplements. That's where calcium from algae comes in. Algae Cal Plus doesn't just stop bone loss. It's the only supplement ever shown to increase bone density in clinical studies. That's right. Algae Cal Plus increases bone density, even if you're in your 80s. That's because your bones need more than just calcium and vitamin D to stay strong. There are actually 13 minerals and 3 vitamins needed to build healthy new bone. And Algae Cal Plus contains all of them. And it's proudly made in the USA. Your calcium doesn't increase bone density. Algae Cal Plus does. Talk to one of our bone health consultants today and see how Algae Cal Plus can start increasing your bone density. Call now. 800-437-8217. That's 800-437-8217. How would you like to publish and sell your own audiobook? Great stories deserve great storytelling. Audiobook Network provides professional voice actors and full production services for every author's manuscript. You'll choose from one of our many voice actors. Bring your story to life with audiobooks. Consumers are mobile these days, and having an audiobook helps authors reach a larger customer base, which increases book sales. From narration, production, and editing to distribution, promotion, and sales, Audiobook Network does it all for you. We hold your hand throughout the entire production process. We'll create an audiobook that you can be proud of. It doesn't cost or take as much time as you may think. In fact, for us, it's pretty easy. It's what we do. If you've got a published print book, ebook, or even a manuscript, give Audiobook Network a call right now and get our free audiobook guide. 800-514-0521. 800-514-0521. That's 800-514-0521. Back to 
for TCOM 101. Last time for today, I'm Edward Brown, your host, along with F.P. Santangelo Jr., Russell Jackman, and our special guest, Dave Bullwinkle, Chicago Bulls scout. Okay, here's our last trivia question on the Chicago Bulls. In game six of the 1997 finals, who scored the game winning shot? F.P. I don't know. Russ. I am going to say, I don't think it was Jordan because that was game seven. So um, I'm oh, going to say, I'm going to say, You're too uh, late. Brian Russell. No, go, go ahead. Is it Steve Kerr? It's Steve Kerr. That is correct. Remember that? Oh. And remember when he, he they did the, uh, uh, they had all the guys up there. Um, afterward and he says he goes yeah we didn't think we could trust michael with the last shot so i took it very funny very funny quote very fun uh dave bullwinkle again thank you so much for uh joining us uh we're gonna here's our thoughts for the day ready what kind of concert only costs 45 cents a 50 cent concert featuring nickelback okay yeah you like that okay and what did the grape say when it got crushed? Nothing. It just let out a little wine. Wine. There you go. Russ, Russ, I was waiting for you to fill in the gap on that. All I, was, right. I was starting to do the math, and I didn't get to it fast enough. That's right. Okay. Tune in next week to Sports Econ 101. We'll Actually, be- we're not going to tune in next week, are oh, we? Well, we? well yeah, that's, that's true. I'm out of town. We're going to be doing a replay. So tune in. Yeah, but tune in next week anyway to hear what we did the show before. All right? Yeah. <laughs> we're going to be discussing... Yeah, Russell, you got me all mixed up. I gotta start all over yeah, again. Well, you're the one who told us you're not gonna be around. So I know that's I don't want to get people's hopes up. I don't want to get people's hopes up. Tune in next week to Sports Econ 101. We'll be discussing sports. for the same show. Yeah, for the same right. show again. We'll be discussing sports topics from a business perspective and asking more sports trivia questions. Thanks for listening. On behalf of our team, I'm your host, Edward Brown. We'll see you next week. So long. Adios, everyone. <laughs>